welcome to the 9642 podcast. This is your host, Mr. Number 9. And this is The Fool. Your 96 best place to listen to... For 10 years. Yes. Yes. Um, for our 10th season of our mostly up-to-date... And unqualified. And unrequested. Ramblings of the various issues in the world of sport. Or something like that. Hello everyone, we are back to talking about round ball. Actually, we talked about round ball last time as well, but yeah. we're about, we've finished the uh, the Women's World Cup with a great uh, with an amazing final. Um, oh, so amazing! On Sunday, incredible match in Sydney. Um, mm. There was uh, it was such a great tournament. Full stop. But I yeah. think. Uh, there's uh, so many highlights. Spain, after disappoint, you know, losing a game in the, in the group stages to Japan, managed yeah. to claw their way back through the tournament and through a pretty tough draw as well, and then make yeah. it all the way to the uh, final and obviously win. It was awesome by them, really. The Spanish really, really deserved it. Um, and even just getting to the World Cup has been a bit of a, a mission for them. There was all sorts of shenanigans going on with the Spanish FA and their team and everything. Um, yeah. I don't know if it all got fully resolved or not, but, you know, they made it to the tournament. You say they had that one bad defeat against Japan, but other than that, they've been absolutely excellent all the way through. Yeah, once yeah. they got to the group stage, they've basically looked really good. Got mm. their war adult, they've got their... Uh, game plan working and they've had the results deservedly um yeah semi-finals great win against sweden i thought um yeah absolutely clutch in the knockout stages olga carmona who's yeah yeah be, who's um basically done the job for the for la Roya at the end of the at the business end of the tournament and then obviously uh, she scored in the final as well, but without getting ahead of ourselves, we have to, I think, pay tribute to Australia as well. Yes. Great. That game against England really could have gone any other way. Anyway, um, uh, Sam Kerr did the equaliser, but uh, unfortunately, England just had a bit too much in the tank to go and to the final. And I mean, yeah. Uh, Sam Kerr there, for, they tried their very best to make it the Sam Kerr show and drag Australia into the final, but yeah. couldn't quite manage it, unfortunately. Say so she got the first equaliser and then somehow missed the second equaliser, which could have yeah. you know, kept everything on a knife edge, but then Australia needed to push forward, England got the third goal, and that was pretty much it. But it was a good tournament for the Matildas. Mm. Unfortunately, they couldn't win the bronze. Sweden, I think, were the winners of the bronze medal as well. They've again. had a good tournament <laughs> as well. Yeah. That seems to again. be their medal. They seem to be getting to that yeah, third, yeah. fourth spot. And I think they've won third, like, three times the last four World Cups or something stupid like that. Like, just always yeah. can't get past a semi-final, always into the third, fourth, and just win that one. That's... Yeah, no, Sweden actually played reasonably well all, all tournament as well. Say, Spain outplayed them for most of the semi-final. Sweden looked yes. like they got back into it, and then they fell asleep for 90 seconds, was it, after their equaliser? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and then, yeah, Spain just capitalised, and Carmona, say, I think one of the few people to have scored a winner in the match winner in the semi-final and the grand final of a of a World Cup, so which is yeah. pretty amazing as well. Like talk about clutch players, that's almost the definition of clutch. You know, come in absolutely, score the winner in the two two of the most important matches in your career. So absolutely, absolutely, two games in the knockout stages. Um, it's been some great highlights throughout the tournament. Obviously, Hinata Miyazawa uh, oh, yeah. scoring five goals. Uh, incredible performance. Uh, unfortunately, the Japanese team, who were our favourites, yes. couldn't quite make it through to the semis. Um, no, they couldn't quite deal with Sweden's high press and Sweden's long ball yeah. in that, that quarter-final. 
they sort of got there at the end once Sweden sort of ran out of steam, but yeah, especially the first half of the Japanese, it was probably their worst half of, of football the whole tournament was that first half of the quarterfinal. They just didn't seem to be able to deal with it. And one yeah. of the things we were talking up about them before that our last podcast was how well the Japanese seemed to be able to modify their, their plans and how flexible they were. And then they went out there and just didn't seem to be able to do it for 80 minutes of the game or 70 to 80 minutes of the game just couldn't change things and then yeah yeah then they came to life and it was like the last 20 minutes or half an hour of the game was like accelerating but yeah it's just a pity uh absolutely and another highlight i thought katita uh, told diani for france played yes. really well as well who yeah. three assists and four goals herself up yeah. there with the uh, potential player of the tournament stakes yes. as well. Um, unfortunately, losing to Australia in that nail-biting yeah. uh, game, uh, which went to penalties, or you and I watched. A lot of penalties. But yes, that yes. was a great match to watch. It kept going. I mean, it was mm. basically one of those penalty shootouts that you've just like... You know, it's nail-biting uh, mm. to the end. You don't know what's going to happen. But I think overall the tournament, and FIFA's already said it, like it's the best Women's World Cup tournament. I think that's correct. They've yep. put the game on stage. I think the fact that we are... It's not really... Uh, it's weird that it's still managed to do it, even though it's only six months after a Men's World Cup. I think the fact that people aren't football fatigued... Yeah. Uh, the tournament, uh, I think, uh, was played to a re like really entertaining. Like the, re I know yeah. we have a mutual friend who complained that the refing allowed the game to be okay. To be fair, he didn't complain. He said that the refing is a bit more lenient, which which is caused, which he thinks caused more injuries, which I think is fair enough. But yeah. also that it made the game flow and made it more watchable. Yeah, um, it was an interesting discussion that around the refereeing and whether because they are being more lenient because the players were less well, were more lenient about the bad calls and about the bad tackles as opposed to yeah. the the danger levels ramping up. Everybody sort of was pretty chill about it, but not super yeah. chill, you know, just things. Which you say allowed for this more smoother free-flowing game where things weren't getting chopped down and, and stopped and descending into chaos at any point it seemed to, to flow nicer yeah. and you say it was a nice attacking um games there was always entertainment um it was a pleasure to watch say and yeah it was really good and say it's just you know what six seven months after a men's world cup and it it stood out on its own. I felt like it. There was yeah, no no shadow of it. Like you think that close yeah. and the storylines that had come through the men's World Cup. You know, Messi finally winning everything. That that could overshadow things, but it just did not. It was its own thing. There was their own storylines in here. You had USA going for the three peak coming in and then looking not really that great, but sort of making it through to the knockout stages. You know, and then failing there. And that's there's plenty of, yeah. of discussions that have been had about that. Say Japan going along so well and looking so awesome and everybody sort of getting behind that and that causing such great and then them falling off. Sweden playing their style and, and looking good for it and going so far but once again not making the final. Australia, they say, that's just set everything alight over in Australia, the Matildas going so yeah, far. Yeah. And then you had England and Spain just going about their stuff the whole time. And just showing why they're two of the better teams in the world. Yeah, and I think, like, it's just made us um, more look... I think, I know it's... Uh, I'm not a hater, but I think the fact that a lot of the favorites, like your Norways and the, your USAs, got knocked out uh, yeah. very quickly. Germany as uh, well, out of the group stage. Germany Canada well, out of the group stage. Yeah. The... Uh, it basically has ma made the game, uh, made the tournament more interesting. Like the fact that we had the Philippines get first appearance in a, at a World Cup, uh, yeah. senior level, any gen, doesn't matter the gender. 
and they t got their first win. Similarly, Morocco and the uh, managing to make uh, managing uh, to get through to the knockout stages as yep. well. Um, some so sure. there's some really great progress around the even South Africa, I believe, made it through to the knockout. Yes. So and New Zealand. I mean, New Zealand. That was our first win. Our first win of any gender as well. Yes, so. absolutely. Yeah. So lots of highlights, lots of historic moments. I'm really looking forward to the next tournament. It's going to be in 2027, obviously. There's a yeah. bunch of bids happening now. They haven't yet decided where it's going to be. Mm. Which is quite interesting, given the men's one is known like 10 years in advance. I Can feel not. like... Yeah. I mean, um, 2010, we knew about Qatar, but I guess that was like an exceptional situation <laughs> where they decided oh, yeah. the next yeah in one time but even the america the world cup in 2026 being in america was decided ages ago and we haven't yet but i suppose we haven't the... i suppose it's not four years but we don't know where the 2031 is yet so yeah the, the 2031 i believe the 2030 world cup i believe is going to be decided later this year yeah Maybe they'll get FIFA will get around to merging the sort of the bids together, since the the tournaments are sort of a year apart. You know, at least the yeah, I the mean, announcements. America, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think America is also America Mexico are doing a joint bid for the women's World Cup, which would be exactly mm. a year after hosting the men's World Cup. So that would be interesting. To I think obviously they could host it. There's a bunch of other countries trying to go for it. There's a, Netherlands, Belgium, Portugal, Spain as well. Right, um, yeah. Currently for the Men's World Cup in 2030, there is the sentimental favorite, a Uruguay yeah, bid, come on. Along, which is combined with Argentina, Chile, and Paraguay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there would be four countries hosting it, and they've all, ho other than Paraguay, they've all hosted a World Cup before. Yeah. And... The, I think it's they're reasonably close by to travel around. I think, like mm. Santiago flying over the Andes to, like you know, um, um, Buenos Aires or Montevideo is less than a couple of hours. So that's would this would be a very, um, like you know, accessible World Cup for people yeah. cost-wise. It'd be very um, compact. There is a, yeah, there the Great Britain, which would have been the other potential sentimental favorite like mm -hmm. United Kingdom and Ireland hosting it yeah, with yeah. so basically five associations um, they have decided not to bid for the World Cup they're gonna bid to host Euro 2028 all right yeah instead and the um, there was a weird Egypt Greece Saudi Arabia bid but because an AFC member cannot host the 2030 edition um, so they've ruled out uh, that bid. Basically, it doesn't matter that it's a cross-federation because there's a Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Greece bid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, there's no geopolitical reason for this bid at all. It's purely football reasons. Um, purely. Purely. Um, but there is another cross... Uh, uh, there is another cross-bid, which is like Spain, Portugal, Morocco. They did add Ukraine to their bid which feels like uh let's try and win political favor once again for your bid yeah yeah uh and uh, hard for me to see ukraine hosting a world cup uh, so soon after the what's going on in the country right now i mean yeah, exactly. obviously i hope there's not a war still going on there in 2030 hopefully um, but, yeah. But this, you know, there's a lot of time needed for recovery and rebuilding yeah. the country after what it's gone through. Exactly. Um, and we obviously don't know. It's an unresolved situation. We don't know what the situation will be in Ukraine in 2030, for that matter. Yeah. Um, but, well, a Spain, Portugal, uh, but a Spain-Portugal-Morocco bid is yeah. not bad. You'd have go back to mm -hmm. Africa from 2010. It's 20, yeah. been 20 years. Um, I do like Spain, that bid. And there's a cultural, like, unlike the other cross-confederation bid, I'm kind of, you know, where it was like, 
this is clearly a weird political bid. This yeah. Spain, Portugal, Morocco, you got those countries have a shared history of mm. like, you know, and some shared culture and like, you know, uh, there's a lot of, uh, and it makes sense that those three could host a World Cup together. Yeah. I mean, I'm still, my, my pick would still be the, the South American pick, you know. Send it back to Uruguay. Years I, later. So. I I personally think so. And the South mm. Americans have been planning this bid since 2004. Yeah. So Uruguayans slowly expanded their. Initially, it was going to be Uruguay, Argentina, and then Uruguay, Argentina, Uruguay, uh, Argentina, Chile, and then they added Paraguay to the mix. Um, 2030, it'll be a 48-team World Cup, I believe. The yeah. 20. It will South America will have something like six and a half, six and one, six and a third qualifying spots. Um, something like that, yeah. I, I failed to keep track of the qualifying spots all around once they expand up. Yeah. So once the because it's going to be in uh, there's an expanded number of spots. I assume mm. at least at least three of those spots will be taken from South America to be given uh, because they can't so that the addition we can have like uh, you know teams from other continents actually show up otherwise literally every team in South America will have qualified for this uh, World Cup yeah and no, I assume looking... there will be a, something going on with it all anyway yeah so Comnibol has six um direct slots and the playoff slots okay so you get one for the host fine and the um, the one for the host and you'll probably have well, four for the hosts taken because uh, one extra spot in every tournament is given to the host anyway and you probably take yeah. three from Comnibol but it seems maybe that's not the way it is um, the because CONCACAF, it says, has three direct slots, three plus three direct slots, so I think that means three hosts for the 2026 World Cup, and you've got three others qualifying after that, if if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah so, and there's two playoff slots. Uh, Oceania has one playoff slot with one direct slot. Um, UEFA with 16, and uh, Africa will get 9 direct Ooh. slots, and Asia will get 8. There's 6 playoff slots where 3 teams will qualify, so, so it'll be from my understanding, and that's how it'll work. Well, that's fair. And we'll only know how that how the playoffs will work out after a while. Like qualification tournament has already started for Oh no, it's not yet quite started. I thought it had started in CAF, but it's not yet started. Um But yeah, so the 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 format's kind of set there. I think all three the the two remaining bids are both good. The yes. should we should um, uh, we should have a good tournament regardless of how it turns out in the end. Now, yeah, no, yeah, I think so. I think we'll be happy with all the uh, with all the outcomes there. Now, moving on from our international game and you know before we start talking more and more about future world cups only four years from now or only three years from now actually yeah, um, three well three and four also side note like come on uh rubial is kissing hermoso after the world cup oh, and yes. then people i i heard people on the internet going oh but casillas kissed a reporter after winning i'm like okay that lady he kissed was his girlfriend <laughs> who became his wife. There's okay. a difference. <laughs> There's a little difference. I think you can assume your partner consents to you kissing her when something really f awesome in your life has happened together, you know? Yeah. And she's also a sports journalist. 
<laughs> like that is a legitimately wonderful moment that was like unplanned completely you know and I understand this is as well, but like, come on, like, uh, there's like a boundaries. <laughs> what Casillas does is not comparable to this. No, exactly, it's different things. Um, yeah, I know. It's just, it's a little crazy, and it's a little, but at the same time, it, everything's got a little bit crazy about it as well. I see. Hamosa um, was 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 playing it down as well. A little bit, but you sort of get the I, feeling it's that... It's fair enough she played it down, but I think yeah. at least the uh, head of the Spanish FA went, nah, my bad, I shouldn't have done that. Like, I think that's he, fair. Like, you can, to... you can make a mistake and then go, no, I shouldn't have done that, I'm sorry. And that's okay. He did try to play it down at first, but yeah, that, they then turned around and was like, no, okay, I was wrong. You're right, you're right, I'm wrong. So it's okay. But yeah, I give, think also given, you know, a little bit of the swirly clouds around... Spanish FA and the women's team, their coach and everything, that sort of, you know, yeah. also leaves a little sourness in it, but... Absolutely. I, I get the feeling that, um, yeah, Camosa is not as worried about it. Uh, she's probably not particularly happy about it, but... Um, yeah. 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 I mean, if she was making a song and dance about it, then I might feel differently about it, but... Given at least publicly she's playing it down, um, I'm willing just to be like, yeah, you shouldn't have done it. You've apologized. It's, well, it's, can, it's stupid. We can move on because you've apologized. Yeah. So that's. And as I understand what he said, it's not like one of those half apologies where you're like, I'm sorry if someone took offense. It was like just a full on, yeah, I, yeah my bad. I did things wrong. Yeah. So yeah. that's good. Now, onwards to the Premier League. We've had two rounds so far. How do you feel about your boys in blue? Um, after the first round, I wasn't feeling too bad. And we got uh, Casita and, and um, the Southampton boy, whose name has just uh, slipped off the top of my head. We will definitely talk about the uh, transfer windows, for sure. Um... So that, I mean that made me, made me happy, um, I and think then both Casado and Lavia, like that Lavia, midfield. Yeah. Chelsea has a very good midfield. Um, mm. seen some very interesting things about Chelsea's um, finances. Apparently, Chelsea's nowhere near FFP. They would have to spend another billion dollars to get there. Right. So they've done their books and math sums very cleverly. Yeah, and, and I think, well, to be fair, Chelsea's always sold well. Yeah. They've always sold players properly and like and gotten their full value out of them. So Chelsea's, I never think of Chelsea as a club that will um, have issues with FFP. Yeah, no. We don't, like, despite how much we seem to out. spend. Yeah, as you say, despite how much we seem to spend... Um, we do seem to have that that balance just right, where we know know how to to keep that going. So, and I think part of it yeah. as well is that we tend to be quite. Our recruitment seems sometimes can be misdirected, but it it's pretty spot on about its values and and who they want. So it's, they're not having to slap too much money around sometimes on things, and if something doesn't work out, they're also pretty good and, and easy to, to move it on for the right value as well, so that they're not Yeah, and a lot of the, Yeah, and a lot of the players you've sold are Academy products, so that's pure mm. profit on the books. Yeah, that's immediately exactly. there's no net profit. There's that that's pure gross profit, like, you know, Mason Mount is adding fifth seventy million straight into Manchester to Chelsea's FFP and yeah. Chelsea's academy consistently gets players for somewhere between 10 to 20 million sold all around the Premier League in Europe or even the Championship to try, uh, you know, and so they always, uh, and they have invested well into the academy. Um, yeah, I know Chelsea didn't play that great in their second game. No, that wasn't quite as great. Um, but there's still a few players it looks like Chelsea are looking to get. Obviously, West Ham 
played really well. I think they're yeah. looking quite interest. They're looking like a team that could do well this season. Um, Brighton at the top of the table alongside Manchester City. I think nobody's quite nobody's surprised by the top of the table. I don't think everybody's kind of like yeah those Brighton, Manchester City, Arsenal. They all had good teams. We expected them to continue. Brighton. We'll see further down the season how well they do with having to deal with European football. Um, I mean, yeah, Brighton's played Luton and Wolves, right? So yeah, it always helps. But I, I think last season as well, Brighton stayed in the top near the top for quite some bit. I think they were even top for a while and then stayed top four or top five very reasonably deep into the, to the first half of the season. So, uh, yeah, yeah. they did end up seventh. Yeah. So, um, yeah, wouldn't be surprised and if it's something similar. Absolutely. And the um, to, for me, the boys in red, okay, on field, there's still a work in progress, I think. The midfield still needs to do, get a few things. I'm sure we still need another striker. Mm. Haven't yet uh, got one. Against Wolves, they didn't look the best, and Spurs completely outplayed United. But I think it's more worrying that I think things at Manchester United are still not behind the scenes. How the club runs is definitely terrible. Like the whole issue with Mason Greenwood because apparently with there was a leak to the athletics saying he's the there the club's just waiting for the England women's team to come back to Manchester and they're gonna consult them quote unquote they're probably just gonna tell them their decision and then Mason Greenwood was going to be reintegrated into the first team okay and then like so the athletic Someone leaked this to the Athletic, so the Athletic went to Manchester United and said, Hey, we've heard this. Do you care to comment before we publish anything? And then apparently within 24 hours of the Athletic getting in touch with them, Manchester United just put on their webpage that we have not yet made a decision. We're going to consult with the women's players when they come back, and then we'll make a decision from there. Which obviously said it put like a target on the back of these women's players who are at the World Cup yeah. because this is the internet yeah yeah and exactly it's this there's this ridiculous situation where they've bla they've put the blame on the women's players who like by the way it's not their job to decide if Mason Greenwood should play for Manchester United or not all no. they needed to t they should have already told them hey how would you feel about it and if they're listen to their concerns, hear it out, and then be like, okay. And they could have just told the Athletic, like, no, it's not true. We haven't made a decision. Um, we're still going through this consultation process. There's a lot of stuff we have to do. It's really sensitive. We can't about yeah, it. Exactly. And, you know, that would have been, like, probably a lie, but at least one you're not going to get caught in. Like, you know, because if... The Athletic then publishes something. Manchester United have said, no, we haven't made a decision. And no, you know, leak. anyone leaking, getting in. We know people have, quote unquote, heard leaks. They're not true. Um, then, you know, the Athletic are generally a sort of firm that'll publish both sides and go, look, we've heard this from a leak. But Manchester United said nothing's done. Who knows? You know, they'll at yeah. least give you that. You know, yeah, I'm, not, exactly. I'm sure a tabloid will go, it's not, you know, will not necessarily give you a balanced report, but, you know, the Athletic don't tend to do that, right? Like, we've, we know yeah. how they report stuff that gets leaked to them. They even, you know, the fact that they went to Manchester United to be like, hey, do you want to comment on this before we talk, you know, we publish something? So they then had to publish their whole leaked, what they were leaked, to be like, hey, look, this is what we heard. It's completely like different because Manchester United also said more things like, "Oh, we have to take into account Mason Greenwood's, you know, the fact that he's been at the club since he's six years old and his partner." I mean, it's a very messy situation. I mean, it's very messy. Yeah. Everybody knew that as soon as Mason Greenwood is absolved of any crime, and also like he wasn't, he didn't go to court. So not only did he never get convicted, never went to court and was found innocent, he never went to court. So, he—it's a very different legal situation because Manchester United. Obviously, he 
If he's got any sort of agent, we'll go, if you don't want me at the club, you have to pay out my contract, like all of it. Like, I haven't, there's nothing I've done. They could have taken him to court, but, you know, the PFA would have just funded his lawyers and kept him, you know, this is what the players' union exists for. Exactly, yeah. And, like, this is what, and they would have been able to, and it would have gone through a process which wouldn't have been that quick, and Manchester United would have had to still pay for his fee, you know, his wages while he's at court. Now he's, the backlash was immediate and immense, mm. because there's a women's fans gr group who came out and said, look, there's a lot of talk about his supposed club's supposed responsibility to him and his partner and his child, but nobody talks about the vic alleged victim and all these other, and they're all fair. And for whatever reason, the alleged victim and witnesses have withdrawn their case. I am, by UK law, nobody, you know, this is like, uh, they're allowed to come back. And so for a lot of the stuff that was discussed uh, in legal matters is not meant to be discussed in public because it could still go back yeah, to yeah. court and we'll need a jury. And this is a criminal case. It's not a civil, civil case. What a, uh, Mason Greenwood, we've got video evidence. It doesn't look good. If Mason no. Greenwood was not a good player, then the Manchester United would have fired him right away. Like, as yeah. soon as it came up, be like, look, you're not going to play for the club. You might be on the books. You're never going. Well, you know, once your court case is sorted out, once your legal matters are done, where, you know, you can go find a club and, you know, we're happy to listen to offers for loans and whatnot. But, you know, you can't play for United anymore. We yeah, don't, yeah. We're not going to stand in the way of your career. We're still paying out your wage because as we legally have to. But, you know, you're kind of... And we'll help you find a club, which is what Manchester United is still doing. Like what they've ended up having to do, except they've waited a year. And yeah. they've obviously screwed up plans because obviously they were meaning to need... They need another striker. Rasmus Highland is injured, so he can't play. Yeah. They needed another striker. If they were expecting Greenwood to come back, I can imagine that being a plan. But now Greenwood can't play for them. No. So like on the field, it's messed up the, uh, not only did it mess up, like it's, it's a shit show, like, everybody Everybody's. looks bad here, like from yeah. the hierarchy. Yeah. No, there's, yeah, there's not really much good through all this anywhere, you say, there's a bit of a shit show all through, you say, yeah, it does make it look like. Manchester United hierarchy was sort of waiting because you know of who he is and, and how he fits into their plans. If he'd been anything, anybody else, or any lesser player, then yeah, he would have just been dropped straight away. But no, not this time. Waited. Then there's the leaks and just everything. Like, there's a way to deal with it. Like why is yeah. there leaks? Yeah, a, why is there like, leaks? B even with the leaks, clear... you know. Just and the way they reacted to the leaks clearly shows that it came from somebody in the club who is in a position of relative importance. This is not like a rumor from a random person. Yeah, yeah. Because the exactly. Athletic's not going to just trust the the ramblings of every yeah. somebody who's like, oh, I work at Old Trafford, I heard this on the grapevine. They'll be like, okay, shut the fuck up. Yeah, like, who are you? You know, <laughs> we're not a tabloid. Exactly, who do you think we are? Come on. Yeah. But if it's like somebody important in the athletics and be like, hey, we've heard this, this is like, you know, credible source. Has mm. Like, obviously they're not going to name a source, which mm. is fine. They're, they're not supposed to. And they're going to be like, oh, credible sources tell us this. What's happening, you know? <laughs> and... As you say, I think there was ways United could have responded to that better. Um, which may yeah. not have made it so much of a... Um, so messy afterwards. They but, yeah, they yeah. could have even just told the athletic, "Look, it's not true. We haven't made a decision. We're still going through the consulting process. It's long and complicated." And if the athletic did publish it, they could have just published a thing after going, "Like, look, I know this has been come out. It's not true. We're not." And then everybody's like, "It's a he said, she said." That's still bad. But they you know, because everybody just... knows the Athletic isn't publishing something from nowhere. They've got yeah. a credible source. They, if they say they have a credible source, that's a credible source. I mean, uh, to it me... looks bad, but at least you can. They've 
kind of yeah. shown something. They're not putting players under the bus. They're not like no, exactly. You know, this sounds nonsense. It's a this was a nonsense situation. It really was. It seems to me that it's to be fair. If there's this leak, you know, you say it's that leak, so you sort of assume it's it's fairly true. Um, yeah. The answer to that may be sort of a halfway. Which like yes, that's our preferred scenario but clearly we're going to go consult with the women's team which we can't at the moment because they're over in the world you know most of them over in australia so once they're all back and together and the squad's here then we're consulting with them putting forward this idea and we'll we are going to take in their, they their don't viewpoints even need to mention all that because it's not untrue if they say we haven't yet made a decision because officially they're officially they're still going to consult the women right exactly like, that's, that's anybody I mean. who like hmm. The problem is that if you say, oh, it's not official, we haven't done it, and then you consult the woman and you say, yep, Mason's, you know, Greenwood's coming back to the team, but he goes, oh, see, you just, you predetermined that before, because that's sort of the crux of the leak has said. Mm. And it's like, well, take that into, you know, accept that and go, yes, that is our preferred position. It is not our final position. We are talking, we yeah. want to talk to the woman first. Like, there is no, no decision. Like, yes, if you pushed us, that would be preferred, but we're not saying that until after we've talked to them. And that is an open thing. If they say no, then it's a no. We'll find out once they get back, I guess. So, this like, the at least thing. then like, it's... The fact that they up. say consulting means that even if they said no, they wouldn't have necessarily listened to them. No, well, that's... Right? Like, we've all been through that, right? And also, and, like, what a weird position to put these players. They've already interviewed them. Like, when they say that consulting what they're gonna say is just like look this is the this, after talking to you thank you for your feedback we're doing this this yeah. is like when your boss has already decided what your bonus is gonna be and they yet haven't had that conversation to tell you what it is gonna be before it goes into the thing you're not you don't get to negotiate again when they're gonna tell you what it is he's gonna yeah. say there's a final consult where they're like this is our results and you yeah. can gripe but it's done you're not gonna be able to change it that goes At that for any, point, like, that goes for anything, right? When the the upper echelons of your your work have um, hierarchy have decided on a on a thing, like, but they they need they... to consult, so they they do their their consult and like, oh, we've consulted, and the decision we're always going to make is the one we're going to make. So, yay, we consulted. Yeah. Like What's you've the got the week, you've got your KPIs. No company gives out a hundred percent. They're like, okay, everybody's getting fifty or seventy five percent. And then it's based on individual. You know, that, that's the base. We're getting 75%. And then it's based on individuals, how much you get of that 75%. And they'll go to you like, oh, yeah, we had a discussion. And I agreed that you deserve at least 80% of whatever we end up deciding is our top KPI. And then he's, gonna, he's just going to report to you that, hey, look, the bean counters have decided we get a 90% KPI this year. You're not going to say, hey, we should get a 95%. They're like, no, we're not. That's not up for negotiations. <laughs> like, this is... They're telling you stuff so you can make your financial plans and, you know, yeah, roughly yeah. make stuff out. Like, they're not... I, it's not there for you to talk and give feedback that they're going to change stuff on. To be fair, I, I would say this, this the, the, the Greenwood situation probably had a little bit of that. Like, obviously, United, like, we want them to play, but they realized that... Even if it's just the optics of it, they needed the, the women's team on side. So I would say my thought would be that the women's team came back and were just like, nope, nope. Team... Apparently they decided this before the women's team came back that he's not going to play. So mm. that puts... So they decided he's not going to come back purely yeah, yeah. because of the sheer amount of outrage online. Yeah, yeah. Because everybody Which figured is... out what the decision was going to be. Yeah. Which were like, okay, this was always going to be the reaction. Why are you surprised? Exactly. Nobody here is like you. Obviously, made it worse by putting the women's players under the bus. Yeah. But like you, like nobody was. These women fans weren't going to be like, "Oh, Mason Greenwood comes back. We hope that he uh, has learned his lesson, and we will support him, and we'll hope he turns out turns around his uh, new leaf." Blah blah blah. And then, no, they're not going to say that. They're going to be like, this is unacceptable. He's a Manchester United player. We've seen what he's done, you know. And, like, yeah, yeah. this is a very sensitive case because there is, on social media, the direct evidence of what he's done on a video. And, like, obviously, this has not gone to court. It's all, like, whether yeah. 
he's committed the crime they were going to potentially charge him for is not is a different question. Yeah. Um, because I want to be careful because I don't want to put anyone like you know uh, I don't want to potentially put the alleged victim under the bus by like casting any doubt on her story. I'm merely saying yeah. that it's out. We've got good evidence. It's on video. Every pretty much everybody who follows football has watched it. It doesn't look good. It doesn't and, look good, no. I say it hasn't gone through a court of law yet, but so it's all allegedly. But if you were, and like, even your like online Manchester United fans, your Adam McCullers, your your uh, Andy Mittens, and the likes, they're like, eh, this is not a good look. Like when they were figured, like obviously they've done it badly but it's a bad look that he's going to come back to the team what sort of example does it set to the rest of the club and the young players and yeah you know, the mm, genuine exactly. nobody was there's there's a few manchester united fans who were kind of like oh he'll get a chance to he's still young he can change and you know we can probably um we can prob you know as a player we can you know help him turn his life around blah 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 and like this but nobody seems to think what he's done is like didn't happen or the stuff is made yeah. up as far as i can tell online and while some fans were obviously like yeah we're excited to potentially have him back because he's a great player mm. sure and then there's like most of them seem to be like oh it's not a good look for the club like it's really bad that he's not He's, uh, like, the fact, sure, do an investigation, even if you were planning to let him go, but if you've done your investigation, then you could have, uh, like, clearly the investigation was there. If they were deciding to keep him all along, the investigation was clearly there to just let the case simmer and cool down, and then he'd come back. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. not in the... Not in the beginning of a season, but like once the season has started. And but the thing is, there's no right time. Once he's in the team, like if he had gone to preseason and started playing, that you know was in the team, then you know you could have had the reaction and then decided, okay, no preseason's shown that it's not. But at least if they decided, no, we're going to power through this, we don't care because we're the Glaziers. Then at least he had a preseason under his belt. Yeah, like, exactly. And he could have actually performed for the team, but he can't you know he wasn't really going to be able to do like you're not even getting the result of uh, we get a good player at the club you get a player who's not ready to play for the club yeah exactly because he's not been practicing and not been training so you're not getting either of you're not getting the thing you want and you're getting the thing that everybody hates which or most people hate which is him coming back and playing for the club you get the the downside of all the negative publicity and none of the good side of having a good player playing for you. <laughs> like, yes. to say, he's going to be undercooked, like, so he's I, not going to play well. Yeah. I it's don't crazy. condone Greenwood playing for Manchester United, my personal opinion. But I don't make decisions at Manchester United. Um, and I would find it very difficult to cheer. Like, I find it very difficult for, to cheer for people like Ryan Giggs. He's a Manchester United legend, right? Myson Greenwood has done nothing for Manchester United, like, compared to Ryan Giggs. Yeah, yeah. As a player, you know, like so, where and like Ryan Giggs, we don't need to compare people either. But you know, just as an example, so I don't I personally, but the club will make a decision with that. They'll make a decision. Um, but the whole, uh, you know, the uh. Yeah, the way they've stuffed it up. Like, you have to have the cojones to follow up with your de unpopular decision if you're going to make an unpopular decision. If it turns exactly. out halfway through the season it's too much, that's okay. At least you had the cojones to do it properly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I guess that's the thing. Like, if you're going to make this decision, just step up to the plate, put on the big boy pants, and be like, we're making this decision. And then see how it goes. It's trying to keep it secret and like pretend it's not really happening and stuff. And then yeah, just just yeah. making it worse. Especially in this day and age, you say there's this thing called the internet. It's it's always kind of yeah. Everyone's for right or wrong. Everyone's made their own decisions. You know, it's fairly straightforward what's happened. But you say it hasn't been through the courts, so we can't. You know, it but hasn't it's had not that test. Gone through the courts. Mm. But 
because it's not gone through the courts, it doesn't mean it's not something he's not going to face in the future. Well, it's um, now just what's, you know, the court of public yeah. opinion, right? And so that means that, yeah, that makes it A, possibly worse, B, not really, but C, it still happens. So the actual events horrendous. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just crazy. Um, yeah, it's, there's, you know, there's plenty of clubs who have bad situations behind the scenes of the Premier League, and I think, like, Manchester United at the moment take the cake. Like, there's clearly, uh, there's, like, very little control and really bad communication. Like, the Glaziers have always been bad at communicating. There's really bad communication. It's like, mm. we don't know what's happening with this whole takeover and buyout. They've kind of gone radio silent. Um... The club has got a toxic atmosphere. It could be a very bad season for United. Like, I don't know how the like the, pl the fans could just be in a bad mood, booing all the game. Not necessarily directed at the players, but just to be like, hey, we're here to make the Glaziers sell the club. We hate, you know, we they're shown they're incompetent uh, uh, as owners, which yeah, I agree with. Now, and we'll obviously like we'll see how the progresses. We've got another week left of the transfer window. Whether United buy another striker, whether they uh, buy another midfielder, um, they also need yeah. a backup keeper. So because they've had a lot of players go, and there's a bunch of players at the club who are not going to play. Scott McTom, maybe Scott McTominay will stay if we don't get another midfielder, but. You know, there's uh, so many players at the club who, like Harry Maguire, still not left, and a bunch of other players who are still here that we United have failed to sell, and it's like it shows the incompetence uh, in general in the bat uh, at the, at the club. They're incapable of closing deals or uh, getting deals done uh, in a for either selling or buying. Um, so it's going to be, looks, feels like it's going to be another long season at United. So yeah, you say you'll have to see, say week of, week left of the transfer window, so who knows yeah. what gets thrown up in this last, last week. I mean, even for us, we've still got a few, we still haven't moved on Lukaku yet. So see what happens yeah. there. See, so might move to the Saudi Pro League. But... Loan Lukaku to us for a season. Sure, why not? What's the worst that could happen? Knowing the ridiculousness of world football right now, we'll find out that Mbappe is going to United on loan. <laughs> you say that like a joke, but it probably isn't. The uh, Apparently he's already told them, uh, oh, I like your plans and blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, look, I'm not going to complain if we have Mbappe for a season. That's going to be awesome. I don't think anybody would really complain too much, would they? No, absolutely not. Uh, you know, this would be like one season of goat versus goat in uh, in the Premier League, and pe I think people would be even if it turns out to not work for United, which it probably won't. It's still gonna be funny. <laughs> It'll still be like highlights in box office, I think. Yeah, no, definitely. It would definitely be be total um say total box office must see. Must see TV. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the thing. PSG want to get something for him. They don't want him mm. to keep playing at PSG. They're doing a full rebuild. He's like, I am not going to Saudi Arabia to play for one year, even for $700 million, which, good on you. <laughs> he's, to be fair, he's already made half a billion dollars at PSG. So he's like, I've made my money now. Yeah, I don't need to go there to make money. And, you know, if, he likes it at United, who knows? Maybe he doesn't go to Real Madrid next year, huh? Who knows? Like, he's like, ah, it's better for both me and Holland's brand if we're both at the same league and playing each other every year. I mean, I, I would encourage that sort of talk and thoughts from <laughs> Mbappe. Like, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. I see they've... um. PSG are 
asking for was it 250 million euros for their transfer fee from that's yeah yeah that was just nice high amount yeah 250 million euros for a fans for a player who's only got one more season is Chelsea is PSG being a bit cheeky but you know if they're contemplating lo loan deals, yeah. then you know, uh, I ca I can imagine they'll take whatever you give them. If it's uh, if they're like our loan deal is sixty million, and you go okay, we pay eighty million for transferring him. I'm sure they're not going to complain. They'll be like, yeah, that's another twenty million. That's yeah, better mm -hmm. than nothing. Better than nothing, exactly. You can't be like, oh, but Saudi offered this, and Mbappe's like, I'm not going to Saudi. I don't care what you say. Yeah, that's good for Saudi Arabia, I guess. Good work, Saudi Pro League. I'm over here. Yeah. Um, so, it'll be interesting. There's still, I think Chelsea is still going to buy. We will do a proper review of the transfer mm. window in a couple of weeks once the, it closes on the 1st of September, but there's still much to happen, I think, for yeah, all the yeah. clubs. I can't imagine Liverpool's done, No, for no. example. Well, I don't think anybody's really done, are they? I'm sure there'll be a few here and there that come in. The hey, City yeah. have gotten a new player as well, Doku. You're just like, oh, City, we didn't even hear a rumour. City just got a player. Like, why can't other clubs do that? Like 250 mils to PS to Real Madrid, I can see why. Uh, why Madrid's like, why would we do that? He's leaving in a year. Yeah, and exactly. It's gonna break the world transfer rec record for a player who's only got a year left on his contract, and and the and we can get him for a free next year, and he can get more money. Even Mbappe, I'm sure, would be like. I can get more money if I move to PSG on a free. Move to Real Madrid on a free. Yeah, exactly. There's no reason for me to. He's le he was left out of PSG's preseason tournament, so it would be a huge turnaround if he ended up playing. But I can't imagine that we're, like he's gonna play for PSG. I'm sure he's gonna have to. I wouldn't uh, imagine so either. Like PSG have to do something to like cut some of their losses like they're paying him ridiculous money like as I said he had 500 million in a three-year contract uh, yeah, I think exactly. sorry it was 500 million if he played the whole five years but after three years he was allowed to leave on a free if you know if all right he wanted to continue so he's earned 300 million so he's like mm. yeah mm -hmm. doesn't need to go somewhere just for the money you can yeah, I mean, 700 million's nice, he'd have a billion, like, you know, like a yeah. nice round figure, but he's like, I don't need a billion, like, I can earn it slowly, like... Exactly. Because even one year at a league that's not a top-tier league, at this stage of his career, will probably, like, you know, lower his, like, both his brand value and potentially his development. Like, he... The thing is, like, Haaland's had a year at City and he's won a treble. Like, you know, Mbappe, I'm sure, is looking at that and going, hmm, okay, like, you know. Yeah, exactly. I could be at a club where we're competing for troubles. Why am I at PSG? Like, sure, we've won lots, but we're not, we haven't won the Champions League. Um, and we've, you know, most of my friends are gone. Neymar finally left for Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Um, like to before we go I would like to shout out Neymar a little bit I feel like he gets a lot of stick but he is one of those absolute wonderful players to watch when he's on song and he's playing well and he'll score these worldy goals and like great passes yeah, yeah. and he'll have games and he's a proper he's the last of the flair players in the world yeah. like somebody who pump, you know plays with instinct and pl you know yeah, and yeah, like sure he can play in the system like he did at Barcelona, but he's an incredible like he's the last remaining flair player in the world. He's not he's not all system player, like at a top club. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I'll always love watching him and I feel like he's 
one of those players at PSG later on will start looking back more fondly. Like 250 million, sure, they didn't win the Champions League. They came to the final and he pretty much got them to the final. And then he was injured yeah. at the final. Yeah. And she looked like they were cruising to that final until Bayern Munich um, scored two goals in the last two minutes of that game. And like there's Neymar at the side, like crying. And then he obviously similar things happen at Brazil for Brazil at World Cups. He gets injured. He can't play. And Brazil gets knocked out. He's yeah. won an Olympic medal for Brazil as captain no brazilian football team had ever won in the olympics so that you know he got, completed the trophy case for the brazilian men's football team yeah yeah uh, the uh so that's always nobody can take that away from him the i understand people complain going on about how he doesn't have you know he didn't fully look after himself he didn't always train he liked the good life and i'm like you know what neymar has to live his life yeah yeah exactly football players should, uh, not every player should be a machine like not everyone can be not every player can be ronaldo and messi and be that if neymar can be 80 percent as good as lionel messi and ronaldo by give and give only 70 percent of the effort like those guys clearly give 95 to 100. Not everybody yeah. can give 95 to 100 all the time. Like Neymar's not built that way. He's doing 70% yeah. going, yep, yeah, I'm still like 80% as good as they are or 85% as good as they are with 70% effort. Yeah, exactly. Like I get the rest of my time to enjoy my life, get to chill, you know, go to, go to the club, hang out with my friends, get, you know, uh, enjoy the company of various beautiful ladies. This is like, <laughs> you know, really he's living his best life, right? Exactly. Are we so capitalist that we don't, we think somebody should be doing, you know, like should be working harder instead of enjoying their life more? At this stage, like you don't get to be 20, in your 20s, early 30s, you know, forever. You only get that part of your life once. Like, exactly. Neymar's not going to look back and go, oh, there's nothing, you know, I, I could have done things, I could have had more fun, I, I spent too much time working. He's like, no, you got to enjoy your life, man. Like, yeah. you know. Exactly. Especially because he's come from his background where he, you know, in the favelas, and he's had a hard childhood and, you know, young life. So, you know, he's just, you know, he's worked his way out and got generational wealth for his family. He's allowed to enjoy his life. He is allowed to enjoy his life. Are you saying he's still performing? So I know everybody's like, oh, if I had those skills, it's given to an elite few. Yeah, but it's still up to him to do what he wants to do with. And to be fair, skill. if you had that skill that's given to an elite few and you could perform at that level and you got that famous and could demand that wage, what are you going to do with the money? You're going to go out and, and enjoy yourself when you can, right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. He's doing what everybody else would do if they were in his exact situation. But, as you say, maybe Ronaldo and Messi. That's funny. Yeah, and uh, sure, I'm sure Ronaldo and Messi enjoy their going out every now and then, but yeah. they're family men and, you know, they have ki you know, they have kids and all yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, they're all settled and, and middle-aged yeah. now. Exactly. Whereas your... Yeah, Neymar was living through his, uh, living his best life in Paris, going to fashion yeah. shows, hanging out in the left bank. You know. Yeah. Why not? Eh? Why not? Why not? Pe yeah, you're allowed to have interests outside of your job. Exactly. And so I don't feel sorry for him, but I do feel because he has enjoyed his life. But I do feel like he he is underrated. Yeah, yeah. As a, for his career and what he's done as a player. Yeah, I think and unfortunately, now, so. I think unfortunately Neymar he sort of had a few moments that seemed to have stuck in as there. Oh yeah, his, I understand why people dislike Neymar because he's had a he's done some ridiculous things with the diving and all that like i get yeah. all that part but mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's he does like, he does that's, yeah 
He does what he does. Like, that's fine. You can dislike him for being a diver. Like, I get that. Yeah. I'm just saying that, you know, saying he hasn't met his full potential. Like, yeah, but most players don't. What yeah. are you going to do? <laughs> Diego Maradona probably didn't live to his potential either. No, no. But he lived his best life. He lived to the potential that he wanted to live to. And Neymar's the same, right? In fact, that's what you can say yeah. about all of them, basically. The top-level footballers are basically living to the potential they want to live to. Exactly. Now, as before we go, we end, as always, with mm -hmm. Mo Watch. Mo Watch, Mo Watch, Mo Watch. First round of uh, Syria, Roma. 2-2 draw with Salaratina. I'm sure they're not mm. happy about that. Salaratina just about missed out on getting relegated last yes. season. Um, but Jose Mourinho has already had an interesting time. Um, or had to step down in his role in the UEFA board because of because uh, he abused a referee against Sevilla. But that was like a couple months ago. He's been relatively quiet now. No big. Uh, announcements or uh, outbursts, but I'm sure he's not happy with how Salatina started their season. He's probably uh, gonna, he's probably going to have a bit of a bottle at the players, and we'll uh, we'll see how they go later on. But it's not it's an interesting team for Roma at the moment. He's got his old Chris Smalling. Yeah. Uh, at Roma with him and uh, Tammy Abrams, you know, he always takes his sons along, his favorites. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just one of those things about Jose Mourinho, like, clearly in Ted Lasso, when Nate the Great went to West Ham, he was supposed to become a Mourinho parody. Um, but Mourinho is not like evil Nate, right? He's very... <laughs> he, his personal relationships are really, really important to him, to... To the point where, like, he has players who absolutely adore him and, like, you know, and he takes them well. Part. Like, how many different clubs has he taken Michael Essien to? I'm sure Michael Essien might be in Roma, probably. <laughs> well, Somewhere. Somewhere in the Somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, players like... Even players like Jesse Lingard would say, talk about how Jose would call him and ask him how things are going and like, oh, what are you up to? He's like, oh, I'm going to get some... He thinks like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to get some takeaways. He's like, oh, yeah, what are you having? He's like, this, that. And like, oh, yeah, cool. Where's Marcus? He's like, well, not with me. I'm not his mom. <laughs> you know, and Marcus, you know, <laughs> Jose's like, okay, I just wanted to see if you knew where he was. And he's like, hey, right, now that's cool. You know, but, yeah, that's a very human interaction. Like, you know. That's very, that's just hilarious. And yeah. like, so, yeah, it's very interesting because obviously he didn't get along. He definitely has players he doesn't get along with, but it's interesting who does get along, who did get along yeah. with him and who have good things to say about him. It's always like a particular type of player, like your Jesse Lingards, your uh, Deli Ali, but also obviously players like your Michael Essians who like run through walls for him. Yeah. On one exactly. leg. Oh, on no legs, just about. But they're seeing, like... Yeah. I see an interesting uh, rumor here that potentially uh, Mourinho might try and get Mason Greenwood over to Roma, which could be interesting. Um, That could be interesting. Apparently, mm. when they got Rasmus Holland, one of the things they were considering is loaning out uh, Mason Greenwood to Atalanta. Hmm. Which yeah, Atlanta yeah. kind of said, nope, not happening. It does look but like he's likely to head off to Italy. Since a few clubs over that way he's been at least offered out to. So. Yeah, I think it's going to be... If it, I, he needs to get out of England, for sure. He yeah, can't yeah, play here. Yeah. Like, that's just not going to work out for him. Goes to another country... You know, rebuild. It's also like for the alleged victim. If you know he's not constantly appearing in the news and doing stuff, that's also probably good for them. Yeah. Like I don't know what's happened, but it's also good for them to not have to look at her, uh, Mason Greenwood and newspapers and the internet all the time. If he's in Italy, he's kind of going to be out of mind, assuming yeah. she like lives in the UK. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, on that 
really, really uplifting note. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much for listening. Really, and uplifting. we look forward. To, yeah, we look forward to hearing from you next time. Catch you next time. Well, that is the end. Thanks for listening all the way through. If you liked what you heard, be even more. Find Sexport to Discord and a Buy Me a Coffee. Pretty sure it's Buy Me a Beer. Oh yeah, Buy Me a Beer on buymeacoffee.com. In both these places, you can talk to us, and we may even listen. Especially if you do buy a said beer. Or coffee. I might still be confused. Yes, we're easily bribed. All links are in the show notes below. Don't forget to like and subscribe. This is on YouTube. <laughs>